This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. The, the butterfly gardens are so beautiful. And you can even feed the butterflies there. So you can put a little Gatorade, they eat Gatorade, they're gonna make super butterflies one day if they keep eating that Gatorade. But anyway, but you could put Gatorade and they will come and walk on your fingers and get on your clothes and it's just so precious. It's right down, right down the street from here. So I invite you to go, take your kids. It's a marvelous, wonderful experience. But anyway, I saw that our lives like the caterpillar and the butterfly, but I want to use the story of Joseph to tell you the story because just conveniently his life folds out into three parts, just like the caterpillar, the, the cocoon, and the butterfly. G Joseph's does the same thing. Joseph's story is the longest biography in the book of Genesis. It, he's born in chapter 30, but his story really starts in verse 37. And you know that story of Joseph. Remember, Joseph was born to Jacob and Rachel. Rachel was his favorite wife. He had 10 big brothers, and then finally Rachel gives birth to Joseph. And oh, Jacob is so excited. And Jacob makes him his very favorite son. Jacob is so in love with his son, Joseph, that that's the only child that he gives a marvelous coat of many colors. And his brothers are livid about it because they've been around a whole lot longer. And it's as if Jacob is saying, I'm going to give him the inheritance and they don't like it. So look at verse in chapter 37. Let me read a couple of verses in there. Starts with verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a tunic of many colors. Verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream and told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There were Bind, there we were, binding sheaves in the field, and then behold, my sheaf rose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us, or will you have dominion over us? And they hated him even more for the dream. But he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers, I've dreamed another dream. This time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father said, boy, he rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you're dreaming? Do you think that your mama and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. This is his caterpillar stage. Now, caterpillars are amazing things, aren't they? When a caterpillar comes out of its egg, it has one task, and that's to eat. Caterpillars eat and eat and eat. That's all they do is eat. In fact, I read that a caterpillar eats 86,000 times its weight at birth. 
86,000 times, it was a seven, it's equivalent to a seven pound baby eating 602,000 pounds of food in 24 days. All they can do is drink a little bit of milk. <laughs> Six it's like eating 12 and a half tons every day. Isn't that amazing? Well, it's amazing to me. Well, see, I didn't like caterpillars because they're so destructive. All they do is take in, take in, take in. All they do is walk around eating. See, when I was growing up, I used to help my dad in his garden, and one of my jobs was to pick the caterpillars off the tomatoes and off the roses. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Because all caterpillars do is eat. That's their one job is to, I mean, they're interesting, a little furry, and they move different and they're real strange, but all they do is eat and keep from being eaten. And so, I never liked caterpillars until I went to this little um, garden right here on Goldenrod near 50. And I walked in there because they had advertised they have all these pretty flowers and I was just going to walk through. And I walked through and I was walking through this garden and I saw these plants that had all these holes in them because you could see that the caterpillars were eating them. And I went to tell the lady, oh my goodness, lady, you have caterpillars. And she smiled and said, oh yes, we keep them in here so that the wasp and the birds won't eat them. What? You're protecting caterpillars? Oh, yes, we have. And she named out all the names of these, these caterpillars. And this one will become a, mon a monarch. And this one will become a, a wide wing. And this one, she started naming. She was excited about caterpillars. And then I realized that God sees in our violent natures, like crackers, something awesome. That in the caterpillar stage, God even loves me. Isn't that amazing? And so here is Joseph. All he can do is take in information and take information. But notice that we get a glimpse of his calling, but Joseph doesn't know it. Because he has two dreams. He has the dream about the sheaves and the dream about the sun, the moon, and the stars, everything bowing. And his brothers and his fathers can interpret the dream, but Joseph doesn't know what it is. Many of us, we have callings, all of you have a calling in your lives, but you don't know what it is. And people can tell you what your calling is and says, oh, your voice is so beautiful. Or you may, know, you may be the one that everybody comes to and they tell you their problem, and you're saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in life. And Everybody else said, you would make an awesome counselor. You know, you work, the young people are always coming. You would do great in juvenile. And you think, well, I don't know what I'm going to do in my life. Well, you are an awesome speaker, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Everybody else can see the calling, but like Joseph, I don't know what it is. It's just a dream, and I don't know the interpretation. That's the caterpillar stage, because I don't know what I will be. All I do is eat all day long. But the story goes on. So Joseph, his dad tells him to go find his big brother. His dad hadn't seen, heard from his big brother. So Joseph ends up going to Dothan, started off in Shechem, ends up in Dothan. And he's going to see his big brothers. He's excited to see them. He's been on a long trip, about 50 miles, maybe about 75 miles. He's hungry and tired. And his brothers say, we're going to that dreamer. Let's kill him. And so they throw him into a pit. 
And then they end up selling him to the Ishmaelites. It says in verse 36, in chapter 37, now the Midianites, Ishmaelites, Midianites, had, told, had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard, sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, who was an awesome officer of Pharaoh, and the what? The captain of the guard. That's good news, but not to Jacob, I mean Joseph. And so now the caterpillar, next stage is the cocoon or the chrysalis. One day the, the caterpillar decides to go up a twig or go behind a leaf or somewhere, but it attaches himself and he dies. Well, he dies. He stops eating, he stops everything, and a crust, this crust forms around him, and he's hanging, and he cannot get out. Oh, that's a Potiphar story. Now you're sold, and you're a slave, and you cannot get out. You're stuck in a place. You know the story with Potiphar, and Joseph was a good-looking guy, and he was a sweetheart, and Potter made him overseer of everything that was Potiphar's. And so now Joseph is starting training. He is starting to learn the things that he will do for the rest of his life. Before, he had a calling, but now he's in training. When you are in the cocoon, you are becoming what you will be. Don't you hate it? Because now I'm in a stuck place. I, don't, I can't move. I can't get back to my mama, my daddy. I can't get back to my say, what am I to do? Potiphar's wife desires him, and day after day, she tries to seduce him. Finally, girlfriend is up to here with him. When he refuses her, she keeps his cloak, and now she, called, she claims that he raped her, and he ends up in prison. I was just told a story about an Adventist man who was accused of rape and found, found guilty in the, one of the islands, and he was put in jail. And he served time for something he didn't do. He was accused of rape. Sounds like a Joseph story, doesn't it? But while he was in jail, all he did was witness, and he had Bible studies, and the church members were bringing him literature, and he was leading all of them to Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Cocoons, you are in a stuck place, but you're becoming what God would have you to be. And it says in chapter 39, verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Don't you hate it? God will put you in a place you don't want to be and then say, oh, you are successful now. When I think I am a slave and I'm in bondage, God calls it something else. Verse 21 says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the, in the sight of the prison. Let me go before that. When it says in verse 19, look at this. Verse 19, when she accuses him of rape, in verse 19, verse 20 it says, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, 
a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. So he is in the chrysalis. He is in the, the cocoon. But what Potiphar, and what was Potiphar's job again? He was the captain of the guard. Potiphar's wife said, he tried to rape me. But Potiphar said, I know better. <laughs> Instead of killing him, he puts him in the prison where Potiphar is in charge because he's the captain of the guard. Isn't that amazing? When he was in the cocoon, he had two dreams. There's still two, he didn't have two dreams. There's two dreams in the caterpillar story. There's two dreams in the cocoon story. Two dreams. While Joseph is in, he started being an overseer in Potiphar's house. He was overseer of everything. When he's put in prison, he is, Potiphar must have told the prison, head of the prison, he said, this boy is in charge. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Wherever, whatever they did there, it was Joseph's doing. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. I'm thrown in prison and said, now you the boss of the prison. What? <laughs> Potiphar knew about Joseph's character. And he said, um, that's my wife. I just can't be dissing her out of all in public. You know, I can't kill her. I love her. But I can't kill him because I love him too. So I'll put you in jail, but you be in charge of the whole jail. There's two dreams while he's in charge of the whole prison. There's a butler or a cupbearer and there's a baker. Chapter 40 says that they were placed verse 3 in chapter 40. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, that's Potiphar, in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of a guard charged Joseph with them and he served them so that they were in the custody for a while. So the cupbearer and the baker are both put in jail. Now Joseph's job is he's the boss of the jail. So he walks around and one day he sees that the that the baker and the cupbearer are looking real sad. What's wrong with you? We had a dream. So both of these men, the same day, had a dream, it says in chapter 40. And one of the dreams, it says in verse 9 of chapter 40, then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, it was as though it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's hand and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Joseph says to him, your dream is that in three days, they're going to come and take you out of jail, and they're going to restore you to your position as cupbearer, and you will serve 
Pharaoh again. Good news. And in three days, they came and got him, just like he interpreted, and he got back to his position. Well, the baker said, I had a dream too. The baker saw that the interpretation was good, and he said to Joseph, I was also in my dream, and there were three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. And Joseph said, yeah, let me tell you, three days they're going to come and get you and take you out of jail, and they're going to hang you. And in three days they came and got him, and they hung him, and he died. Before the cupbearer was taken away, Joseph said, remember me to Pharaoh, because I'm guiltless. I didn't do what I was accused of. But the cupbearer didn't remember. Joseph stayed for two more years. He stayed in the cocoon. He stayed as overseer. He stayed locked up. He stayed imprisoned. He did not want to be there. The cocoon is the tomb of the, of the caterpillar and the womb of the butterfly. Did you hear what I said? The cocoon is the tomb of the caterpillar. There, the caterpillar dies, and there, the butterfly is born. Isn't that good news? That's amazing. Metamorphosis is a very spiritual, amazing thing. And I read when I, what's happening inside of my cocoon. My old things are passing away and everything is becoming new. And in my cocoon place, God is training me to fly. What? How do you do that, God? I don't know. It's such a mystery because they're hanging up. I'm still locked up and I don't even know what he's, what he's doing. But in all of it, God was with me when I was a caterpillar. He is with me when I'm in the cocoon. And so Joseph saw two dreams, two dreams, and then the third section of his life, the butterfly. Pharaoh has how many dreams? He has two dreams. His one dream was he dreamed that there were some fat cows, seven fat cows, came up and they were eating and they were looking good. And then seven skinny cows came up and they ate up the fat cows and they didn't get any fatter. They still looked skinny and pitiful. And then he had a second dream. He had five, seven stalks of wheat and they were fat and full and then seven wind-blasted, thin, pitiful stalks of wheat came and ate up the fat wheat, and they didn't get any better. And Pharaoh asked all of his wise men, what does it mean? And nobody could, could understand it. And Pharaoh was upset, and finally cut bearer said, I was so wrong, I know of a man. So they go get Joseph, they shave him, they, he changes his clothes, he washes up, and he goes before the Pharaoh, and he tells the Pharaoh in chapter 41, he says, I don't give interpretations, there is only one God. But remember, Pharaohs were gods. The Pharaoh was considered a god, that's why we have all those 
pyramids because there was a, a God and they don't really die. And so Joseph says, there is only one God that gives interpretations. I don't do interpretations. And so he explains to Pharaoh that, that those seven fat cows and seven skinny cows, that both dreams were the same, but you're going to have seven years of plenty. You're going to have abundance, but it's going to be followed by seven years of famine. And it's going to eat everything up. And he does both of them. And he says, this is what you need to do. You need to set up uh, uh, places where you can bring in all the abundance for the lean times. And Pharaoh says, well, who can be in charge of that? And he looks at Joseph and said, it was your, you are in your interpretation. If God gives you all that, then he will give you wisdom. And so from the pit to the palace, Joseph moves out of his cocoon until his calling. Do you see what happened? He had dreams, couldn't understand them. He had, he worked as an overseer, an overseer while he was in the cocoon, and now he's an overseer for all of Egypt. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Isn't that something? When we are in our cocoon place, God is preparing us to fly. Some of y'all in cocoon places because you're sick of being in the same old place, being in that same old dried up job, dried up relationship, dried up life. I'm so tired. I don't know why I, I don't know why I think God didn't hear me. He ordered your steps to the place. He put you, you've been hanging. I'm so tired of hanging here. He, I remember when I when my kids were young and I was, I was the head chaplain at the hospital in Memphis. And at my church, they wouldn't let me teach adult Sabbath school. All I did was teach cradle roll. All I did, this is the way to Sabbath school, clock, tick, tock, tick, this is the way. I did for seven years. They would only let me teach cradle roll when my spiritual gift is teaching. I could have been teaching and being marvelous with the adults, and I was in cradle roll. This is the way to Sabbath school, Sabbath school, Sabbath school. <laughs> with the little cradle roll picture. <laughs> Finally, they delivered me. They called me to go to Oregon, and I felt like I was being delivered. I would be able to go to talk adults again. Thank you, God. And the Lord said to me, Wanda, they didn't keep you in cradle roll. I kept you in cradle roll. Nobody can order your steps but me. I kept you in cradle roll so you can learn how to preach to children. Because if the children get it, the adults will get it. Amen? <laughs> I ordered it. So all that murmuring and cranking. <laughs> He said, I put you in that whale. I put you in that pit. I helped you go into that cave. I delivered you into their hands. I, oh, don't you hate it? Don't you wish that he would ask your advice about your life? 
excuse me, Lord, this is what I'd like for you. No, no see, no, I, uh, mm, no, this is a better way. No, don't, don't, don't let them ask me to be the Sabbath school. Uh, mm. No, see, I don't do that. You know, I don't speak in front of, no, see, let me give you my advice. Oh, we do that. We do do that, don't we? <laughs> Many of us want to serve God, but only in an advisory capacity. But he will order our places to places we'd never and let us hang till he calls us to what he wants us to be. And then when we break through like a Joseph, now Joseph started to fly. He was the overseer of all of Egypt and could call for his brothers to come back and had a plan for his whole family. What you intended for evil, what you thought was the worst thing by, see, y'all don't understand. This last, starting January, I may have told you, you know, I resigned as being the head chaplain. I'm not the boss anymore. I am not the head chaplain. And I stepped away and folks said, are you going to quit? No, I'm not going to quit. I just don't have to be the boss anymore. I've been a boss before. When, when I be stopped being the boss, do you know they moved me to an office twice as big? <laughs> and the day my poor boss, the day that he became the boss, that night the chaplain that was on, on call didn't show up. And so he was there New Year's night. Not me, because I turned my pager off because I'm the boss. I don't have to answer the pager no more. I'm not in charge of anything. It was so wonderful. He said he was called in, and he said he remembered. It was New Year's night. The chaplain didn't show up, and there he was, New Year's night instead of with his wife. And he said, after I finished praying, all I heard was three, two, one. Happy New Year! And he said he felt this weight do like this. <laughs> I said, not me, I was asleep. <laughs> and now I'm flying. Oh, I see, Lord. The cocoon was all of that. So now that I can be free and fly. And you know what? It is so awesome to be a butterfly because they fly like this. You know, have you ever seen a butterfly fly straight? No, 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 no. They fly like this. I'm having so much fun. Because <laughs> I don't know what will be the next thing. Because that's butterfly flying. And so, caterpillar cocoon, butterfly, the cocoon is the tomb. You are in a dying rebirth place. Whatever it is, God is transforming you, morphing you, metamorphosizing you, changing you to what you are becoming. Don't you love it, Artie? <gasps> Learning to fly, it's awesome. There was a little boy, and he found a caterpillar. 
And he asked his mom, Mom, can I keep this caterpillar? Mom said, sure. So they got a jar, and they put some sticks in it, and they put some grass, they put some lettuce, and they put stuff in, and caterpillar did what caterpillar does. Ate, 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 all he did is ate the green stuff until one day, the little boy is watching, one day it just stopped, climbed up the stick, and it started this change, and it became locked in this little, hard, unattractive, can't-move thing. And the little boy watched day after day, anxious for this thing to come out. He was anxious to see the butterfly, to see what was going on inside. And one day, that thing started breaking through. He could see a little bit of the proboscis. The nose came out, whatever. The thing that goes and gets the nectar and it started to come out and wings started and the boy was saying it's struggling it's it's having a hard time getting through and I'm gonna help it so he got him some scissors and he was gonna help his butterfly and he cut just a little hole but when he cut the little hole the butterfly was able to come out much easier and when it came out it had this swollen belly and these dwarfed wings and he was waiting for his butterfly to change to its beautiful wings and that slender body so it could fly, and it never did. It had to creep and crawl until it died. The little boy did not know that the struggle was part of its healing. That in order for the butterfly to fly, it must go through the struggle. And when it struggles through and breaks through, all of that swelling that's in its abdomen, all that liquid is pushed to the wings so that the wings can stretch out. And when they stretch out, all it, it dries in the sun and then it's able to fly. That the struggle is absolutely essential for the flight. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thou, our cocoon experience is essential. We must break through through struggle. And that's what God is calling us to, to new life and new joy. But oh man, what fun. When last week I was up in Charleston and I looked at, it broke my heart to see how my people were enslaved. Charleston was number one slave offloading dock for, for, for slaves there. And it, it broke my heart to read and see and to learn and to know so much. But I heard strength when I got back to Florida and got to Fort Mose up there and see how they escaped. But while I was going out to Fort Sumter there in Charlotte to see where the battles were and everything, I saw this butterfly over the water. And that was this butterfly. All it did was, it was there were a lot of, of dolphins out there, but I, and I watched the dolphins, but I was astonished that this butterfly kept flying over the water. Like, baby, there ain't no flowers out here. Why are you here? I think it was a gift for me because he wanted me to talk about butterflies this week. But anyway, as I saw him flying, and I remembered that butterflies, though they cannot fly straight, 
The, they have the largest, longest migratory path of any critter in the universe. Can you imagine? Thousands of miles, hundreds of butterflies that don't fly straight, but they know their purpose and their calling, and they live their power and their joy following the sun. God has called you to be butterflies, called us, but he will allow us to grow through the stages like a Joseph. And even though you're in a, an impossible situation to you, God has ordered it for you. And as you pray through, struggle through, continue to praise through, you are growing strength and you will live the calling that he gave you in the beginning and you will live it fully in your gift.